Howdy folks, welcome back to the MatchNet podcast. This is your podcast just for you single folks who are preparing for the matching and the blessing. This is the only podcast that I know of that's about this. So wherever you're listening to this or watching, I, we, we want to encourage you guys to subscribe or follow because we're going to be posting a lot of content just like this for you guys. I'm really happy today to have other people. We have Christian Nseka, our assistant PFM director. Hey man, how you doing? Okay, how about you? Okay, I'm good, thank you. And we have Mrs. Andrea Kuhn. Hi everyone. First Thank time you having you. Me. I I tried saying your name like a German. Is that how do you pronounce your name correctly? <laughs> Andrea Kuhn. Andrea? <laughs> yeah. Which one do you like? Because people say and like Americans will say Andrea, right? Yeah, I don't mind because you don't mind. Yeah, my mom says Andrea, so I guess that's my name. Your mom says Andrea. Took so long, so Andrea. Got it. I'm okay with. How about how about Andrea? <laughs> That's an Italian man's name. <laughs> I know. Don't remind me. <laughs> okay. Anyways, let's get to it. I wanted to uh, introduce uh, Andrea here because she is filling in for Yana Johnson, who is on maternity leave cu currently because she just had her third baby boy, little Ruben, right? Yep. So this yeah. is the official introduction of having you as the fill-in interim director of the BFM, which is a big deal. And I know you've got so much going on. We've got the blessing coming up. Uh, could you just say some things, um, anything you want to say to the community? Yeah, I'm really excited and happy to be doing this job. I, I really love Yana. We work so well together. And, you know, she really helped me a lot to be ready to take on this position and yeah, it's just really been so nice meeting so many people and working with a fantastic team. And I really hope we're serving everybody well and helping everybody get where they need to be in their matching process. Yeah, I'm just happy to be here. Yeah, we're happy to have you too. So today we're getting into something that's really close to home for a lot of people. I think everyone listening will benefit tremendously from this. And that is about limiting beliefs. Now, <clears throat> This is something that we're going we're gonna to be getting into a little bit of the self-help guru stuff. I'm going to avoid certain, certain terminology that for me that, that really triggers me. Stuff like, oh, you know, anyway, I'm not going to go there. But, <laughs> but this is a truly, um, I think, one of, the, one of the biggest roadblocks that we see when people are considering the matching process, especially when it comes to finding people, is that we all have these deeply rooted beliefs about ourselves that may be true or may not be true, but we're here to tell you that it actually doesn't matter. And what's more important is do your limiting beliefs that you might have about yourself, do they hold you back? And are you actually putting some self-imposed roadblocks in your life, not only in finding someone, but in your life in general, in your career, in your friendships, in your relationships, in any aspect of your life. So we're going to kind of um, expel some common limiting beliefs that people have about themselves. And I know for sure that you will resonate with some of them, but I want to ask our, our team here first, what are some limiting beliefs that you have about yourself or have had about yourself that haven't served you very well? And we can start with that. Maybe Christian, you want to go? Wow. Why are you picking on me, Benji? Because, never mind. <laughs> Why do you think, well, this is a limiting belief. Why do you think I'm picking on you, Christian? What are you yeah, telling yourself about why? yourself that yeah, I'm picking That's on? a good question. Why are you picking on me? Why didn't you go? Because this is the first time that Andrea has joined us, right? She should be going first. No, so, I'm saving her. I'm so saving it's her. like, yeah, that's, you, are, you have a point. I think that's a limiting belief. Hmm. Yeah, maybe I think I am not worthy enough. To go first? Yeah. To go first? Mm. Yeah, because, you know, I remember when 
it was time for the blessing. I don't even think I was going to be matched, you know, uh, because I felt like mm, uh, I might not deserve the blessing, you know, uh, because you know wh when you consider what, the, especially how we we were raised to see the blessing as something really precious, uh, a big, huge grace that your parents are giving us, and the feeling is like, who am I to deserve it? You know, so maybe that's what continues to today. When you pick me first, I'm like, why are you picking me first? You know, Andrea should have gone first, you know? So on that point, yeah, I'm going to give the floor back to you so that you can give it to Andrea. Wait, hold on. Hold on a second, Christian. <laughs> I'm not asking you just so you can gloss over this. So, so you had a limiting belief that you were uh, maybe not worthy of the matching and blessing, receiving the blessing, right? Yeah. Is there any particular reason that you felt that, that you can identify? Uh, one, I remember during the matching, they were saying that uh, most of us young, uh, especially young brothers, uh, may not be matched because there are a lot of older sisters who mm. still need uh, matches. You know, so uh, that, that on top of, you know, you, nobody really deserved the blessing. You know, so you 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 put all that together. It's like okay, so um, I'm not going to the blessing. I will not be matched. And before you know it, boom, I was matched. Mm. You know? Yeah. There you go. So how did you feel after getting matched in blacks? Uh, actually, I was. It was surreal to some extent. Uh, it is not like I really embraced my matching. I was like, yeah, matched. No, it was nothing like that. Mm. No. It was like, uh, I kept it really a distance. Um, and one thing is also because, uh, I, don't, I don't know if, if we have time for this, but uh, my father died when I was eight, my mother died when I was 16. So I started feeling like anything precious in my life will just be taken away. You know, so I did not really own, mm. uh, you know, I don't have the sense, the feeling of owning the matching, even owning the blessing. You know, I just kept it at a distance, you know, so that if it was taken away, it was taken away. I really don't, don't lose anything. So I think that's where all this came from, that I don't deserve happiness. You know, mm -hmm. growing up with those type of experiences, you know, it creates that. You know? So yeah, thank you, Benji, for making it, for making me go there to realize. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for sharing and finally yeah. getting a little sappy with us. <laughs> <laughs> Christian, you're such a sarcastic man of wisdom, but I think this is critical. So you, 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 I guess because of your childhood and your experience with your parents passing away, which I, I didn't know. And thanks for sharing that. Uh, it kind of puts some perspective on, so you feel like maybe, uh, you, maybe you're not worthy of having things that are precious and exactly. keeping, keeping those things. Mm -hmm. So you're feeling when you do realize that you can have all of that, plus a blessing, plus children. How does that make you feel at the end of the day? Yeah, it is good. You feel good because you are achieving something, but that feeling does not go away. You know, it might have um, gone down, uh, but it's like when something 
happened that doesn't go the way you expected it to happen, it's easy to just look back, you know, mm. yeah, or to pull that that thing back, you know. So, uh, but uh, also coming to understand God, God is, you know, when I was uh, a teenager, I, I had three questions that I was asking. Uh, the first one was, who is God? And the second one was, does God love me? And the third one was, how much does God love me? You know, again, going through the experience of losing my parents very young. So, uh, but with the divine principle, with true parents, with the blessing, the answer is clear. God loves me. You know, hmm. God loves me. So, yeah, it puts it, it puts your mind at my mind. It put my mind at ease. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Got it. Yeah, well, we're going to move on for you, but I have one more question, Christian. I really appreciate it. I think this is helpful for everyone to hear, and this is why we're talking about because I know people resonate with this. So what would have happened if you let those limiting beliefs control your life? Oh, I would not get anywhere, really. I would not have been blessed. I would not have had children. I would not have had this awesome wife that I have. Mm. I would not have been here talking with you and Andrea. And uh, yeah, I would have been uh, nowhere in my life. You know? And also anybody who has benefited from me being in their lives would not have benefited. Mm. Wonderful. Thanks, Christian. For everyone listening, if you find Christian's words wisdom beneficial, then let him know. <laughs> Give us a comment or something like that. And uh, I think we always appreciate good feedback, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, so moving on. Do you have any, Christian, do you have any questions for Andrea? Oh, uh, no, actually, I'm going to leave it to you because you can <laughs> dig deeper. You yeah, can Andrea, I know. Yeah, you have such, uh, I think, deep experience with this. So I'm just going to let you take it away. What's been your experience with limiting beliefs? Okay, um, I mean, honestly, I'm really a very shy and introverted person. I just think that's my nature. So, you know, when I was younger, the thought of even speaking now on a podcast, but it just, you know, it would have made me ill for three days before. Um, I was really a very quiet, shy kid. And I was just a straight C student, nothing special. And I didn't have any hobbies that I was really good at. And and I remember, I think it was grade nine, we did this personal growth thing and um, we had to write 25 things that we really liked about ourselves or talents we thought that we had. And I could only come up with three things. Like for days and days and days, mm. I just looked at this paper, you know, and, and I really, I you really remember, felt. Do you remember them? The, the three things I wrote, yeah. sure. Yeah, the one thing I knew is that I was really good at listening to people. I felt a lot of empathy towards others and you know, like a lot of school friends used to like to come to me one on one just to talk about all their problems. So I realized that was something I could do. And um, the other thing was I was really good with kids. Um, I'm the oldest grandchild of a pretty big Irish British family. And I'd looked after heaps of babies. They didn't scare me at all. So, and the other thing that I was really good at in biology was dissections. I really loved it's weird, I know, but I love cutting up animals and, you know, making really mm. nice, precise cuts. And mm. I just loved, you know, like mammals' bodies. I, that was something I was good at. It was the only subject I was good at in school. But otherwise, I never got further than those three points. Wonderful. Um, so how, how old were you, by the way, when you made that? 14, list? about 14. 14. Okay, yeah. <laughs> that helps. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
<laughs> well, things you did get to be a six-year-old cutting up animals. <laughs> I, actually, I did. I was planning to be a doctor. I failed grade nine math, but then in grade 10, I had a major breakthrough in high school. I had this really nice Indian maths teacher. He wasn't a guru, but he was kind of my guru. He just really helped me learn to learn and how to get a perspective on things. And pretty much after that, I was on the honor roll every semester. And I was planning to be a surgeon, but that didn't happen. I decided to become a full-time unificationist. Um, so I became full-time, yeah, when I was like just 19. Um, and I went to something that was called NET at that time. It was kind of like the GPA for first-gen new members. Um, mm. And it was really tough. To be honest, I was by far the youngest. The others were all kind of like in their mid-20s. Um, I was terrible at fundraising. I was terrible at witnessing. But, mm. you know, like I really loved people. I really wanted to be there. I really loved caring for others. Hold on. And, um, Wait, you said you really yeah. loved people. That's usually not what an introvert tends to say. <laughs> you know, I love people one-on-one. -on -one. Okay. I, I, I couldn't be the person who stood up and, you know, did yeah. the street lecture or anything like that. But one-on-one, -on -one, I really love to care for people. And um, at the end of that, um, it was called Net Mobile Education Team. We each got given a journal about a week before we left, and everybody was asked to write in each other's journals and to write, you know, how you saw the other person, how you'd experienced them in this time, and what you thought were their gifts. And um, so, so you know, like I suddenly had twenty perspectives of how people saw me, and they were so different to how I had seen myself. And yeah, it just really made me realize who I am and the gifts that I have. And one brother wrote that um, the only thing that I'm missing is confidence. Mm. You know, that, that that was my real limiting thing. But I didn't even need to worry about that because if I would just be confident in God, you know, God completing the needs that I have, all the things I'm not good at, then everything's going to be okay. And that was a really serious breakthrough for me that I just changed that perspective completely that, you know, whatever situation I'm in, as, as long as I do everything I can, that God is somehow going to fill the rest, whether it's an external need that someone else will support me with or an internal need that I will get the insight. I need to do that. Um, yeah. And that just really changed my whole perspective on how I approach life. Yeah. So yeah, that's, so there's a lot to unpack there when, so how has been, cause you mentioned your limiting belief is that I'm, I'm introverted. I'm shy. I'm not confident. Obviously you've developed, right? You've grown since then. So, so how, first of all, how did being that or having that belief about yourself, how did that hold you back in your life? Do you think? Oh, it holds me back in for a long time in a lot of things, you, you know, like in the past I, I was asked to lead teams or different things. And I always just said, no, and <laughs> To be really honest with you guys, a couple of years ago, I wasn't even asked to lead the BFM, and I said no <laughs> at that time. And now look at where you are. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> because I reached that point where I felt that, you know, God is calling me to do it. So I need to do my part, and he's going to give me the rest, the people yeah. I need who are going to help me. Yeah, and you're doing a great job, by the way. I hope so. I think Christian and a good both. team. Christian and I work work very close with you, so we can say that for sure. Yeah. Um, so what happened? Like, how did you change? What, what was the turning point that helped you open up? 
I think it was just a, a lot of steps. Um, part of it was also my blessing. Um, I, I got matched just a few days before the blessing to a German brother. And, you know, unlike Christian, I was really super, super excited. We were just 21 and 23. And probably I had a little bit of this Hollywood idea, you know, sparks and romance. And, mm. and when we met in Korea, actually, everything was fine. And it was nice. Um, and my husband and I are both Jacob children. So we knew a lot of other people there too. Other Jacob children, we had a good experience. And then we came home and everything went wrong. I mean, everything. Our parents really didn't like each other. They had completely different ideas of how we should be, what we should, we should be doing with our lives. And it was just really bad. And probably six months into our blessing, my husband was just so done with it all. He got on a container ship. He went off around the world, South America, Australia. And we just didn't communicate at all. I didn't even know where he was. Mm. <laughs> I just knew he's on his ship. Wow. And um, so to be really honest, I lay in bed for about a week. <laughs> I didn't do anything much. I was just, I mean, I got up to eat and drink sometimes, yeah. but I was just really down, you know, and I just started reading, especially True Mother's Words from the Heart of True Mother, that book. And you know, I just kind of closed off from the world and it was me and God. And I just felt, okay, I, I truly, truly believe in the blessing. And I truly believe that if true fathers pick this person for me, it's right. You know, but how am I going to manage this? And, and I really, I think more than anything, I just got to the point where I'm surrendering everything to God. I trust him. This is going to work out. I'm going to do my part, everything that I can do. And um, so I decided to go on a mission to Armenia. At that time, they were at war with Azerbaijan, but I'd always wanted to go to the former USSR and be a missionary. And I just put my whole heart and soul into that. And I, you know, I said, okay, the second my husband contacts me, I'll be there. I'll be ready to embrace him, however and whatever it is. And until then, I'm just doing what I can yeah. to, to live my life for God, honestly. Yeah, thank you. That's amazing. So I think something that's really important you touched on is that you are still introverted, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. You're still you <laughs> and Christian is still him. So what's really key here that I'm taking away is that it's not about these qualities being wrong. It's absolutely not the case that being introverted or shy is a bad trait. In fact, many people argue the opposite, right? Mm -hmm. The problem is when you let that belief about yourself limit you and your possibilities in your life, right? If you yeah. keep saying no to opportunities because I'm shy, because I can't do it, because of this, because of that, because I'm unworthy, you will not pro progress in life and you will always be scared and you will be unwilling to take a risk. So I think that's, that's critical. So for me, it's like I resonate a lot with both of what you're sharing. Uh, I'm, I am a through and through introvert for sure. I don't think anyone believes me when I say that, but I'm, but it's true. I grew up my whole life being very quiet, the shy kid in the corner of the playground, just under the swing set, just like looking at other kids play like, like, Oh, what that looks fun. You know, can I join? No, I can't. I, Rich, are you I talking want... about yourself or are you talking about your twin? I'm talking about, <laughs> we can't believe this. this is me. Okay. <laughs> you know, they say that most teachers or educators are introverted. And I believe that it's because mm -hmm. Anyways, not to get into introversion, extroversion, there's no right or wrong. It's just that I, for a very long time, <clears throat> my, my, my limiting belief, and I'll share about this because the reason I want to talk about this topic is because I talked to two candidates recently that really 
help shed light on this fact that many people have limiting beliefs regarding the matching and blessing themselves. One person I talked to was, uh, <clears throat> we were talking about international matching and he asked me like genuinely, honestly, like, what do you think about international matching? Should I consider it? And my first response is, I think if you have, if you're, <laughs> I think I said something like, if you're, if you have thick skin, then it's good for you. Then matching, like it takes someone of thick skin to go through an international matching blessing because it's difficult because it's challenging. That's what I said. And what I'm really grateful for is he challenged me and he said, I don't think that's true. I don't think always it's the case that international matching is challenging. And I, took, I was taken aback and I took a step back and I was like, oh my goodness, you're right. Like, this is a belief that I have that if you marry someone of different real, real, uh, culture or nationality or language, it will be challenging. That's a belief I have. And we had this conversation. And at the end of the conversation, we realized that this is limiting belief I have, many people have, but at the core of, the core, at the core of it, the reason that international matching is not because it's international, but because if you have two individuals who are, let's say, closed-minded or, or have a challenging time accepting and learning from other cultures and races, then yeah, it'll be challenging because of the individual and not because of the fact that it's international. Does that make sense? It's a, it's a causation and correlation effect. Yep. So for, for, for me, I realized like, yeah, there are tons of people around the world who are excited to, to get to know someone of a different culture and nationality. They're excited to learn another language. And if they find, identify points in their relationship that are different, they go, cool. I get to learn it like that. There are people like that. So it says more about the individual than it does about the relationship. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So for me, this was like an aha moment. Like I have been living the last 11 plus years of my blessing, believing that my blessing was just going to be difficult because it's international or because we're man and woman, which is also another belief, right? But actually, it's more to do with how loving, accepting, and unconditional am I mm -hmm. as an individual? And it's a correlation and causation effect in, in essence. So that was, that was cool for me. And the other thing on conversation, the second conversation I had was with a brother who is rather young, right? He's in, he's in his teens and he's been li listening to Dr. Young talking about, you know, getting matched and blessed younger and, or focus more say focusing on preparing yourself for matching blessing younger. And he was really felt paralyzed with, and I know he's listening to this too. And I love this, this guy to death because I was matched when I was 18, right? I was engaged when I was 18 years old. Uh, so so his, so his biggest roadblock is he's, he's, he said that I'm really fearful that I will be in a relationship or communicate with someone that won't respect me and won't acknowledge me and won't, and will look down on me because she's older than me. And I said, okay. And then I kind of shared my story and, and the fact that I was also blessed quite young and I had the same fear. I had a fear that if I am in a relationship with someone that I'll always be looked down on and I won't be respected and appreciated. And I'm always too young to do this. So through this conversation, I kind of helped him realize like, this is actually a limiting belief that you have. And that's actually stopping you from taking action. It is, it is physically stopping you from saying yes to talking with someone because you believe that anyone you talk to, even if they're slightly older than you is going to say, you're a kid, you're too young. And I'm not, I can't respect you. Right. So I helped him realize and ask him a few questions like, okay, if that were to happen, and this is, goes for everyone who has limiting beliefs, if that were to happen, you had a conversation and they said, you know what, you're too young. Well, congratulations. <laughs> you mm -hmm. found the person that you probably shouldn't be in a matching process with, right? You have identified that this is 
this is something that's important to them. You talked about it, that specific thing, and you were able to make a decision together whether to proceed or not. It's not a make or break situation where you have to say yes or no to, to an eternal blessing in marriage. It's really like it's a conversation. It's like this is the first one of the first things you can talk about when you approach a family or a family approaches you. It's like, what do you think about my age? And if they say, you know, you're you're a few years younger than me, than me, but that's not really that important to me. If they say, actually, what's more important to me is your character, is your sexual integrity, is your relationship with God, your faith. And if that's the case, then proceed, then go forth with it, right? Yeah. Uh, so that was really uh, something that I personally resonated with that I wanted to share for me is that I believe that from, from the very beginning of my blessing, what's funny is that my, my wife was like, yeah, it's fine. Like it's still like, she doesn't care about my age, which I was like, I was shocked honestly when, cause she's about two and a half, three years older than me. I was shocked. I was like, wow, I can't believe that. And then, and then she jokes very often. Like when we're arguing or fighting, she jokes and calls me a teenager, right? <laughs> for the first nice. two years of our blessing. <laughs> She would call me teenager. And this is a joke, right? It's like, oh, you're being a teenager. <laughs> and it drove me crazy and it got under my skin so much. And I was just like, let it go. Like, okay, fine. That's true. I am a teenager. I'm being immature. And then I turned 20. And then she kept calling me teenager. <laughs> and I kid you not, I turned 21. She kept calling me <laughs> And I was like, all right. And I eventually got really upset. And then she stopped. <laughs> Anyways, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to paint her as like some mean, she's, she just has a sense of humor. She knows how to like drive me crazy. She's like, and then, so, so my point is like, she helped me realize that I have some insecurities actually about my age. And this held me back for years because uh, let's say, for example, um, matching, supporting, matching, advising for the last 10 years, actually, I've been doing matching supporting, but it hasn't been until till the last year where I felt like, oh my goodness, like I'm actually older than most of the people that are mm -hmm. that are trying to get matched and blessed and thinking about it and getting really serious about it. I actually have a lot of experience. So I have been quiet for almost 10 years about sharing what I've learned about how to help people get matched blessed, um, success stories, pitfalls that people fall into. And I've just been quiet because my thought is I'm too young. Like no one will listen to me. I'm too young to give advice and people won't take it seriously. But in the last few years, you know, with the development of MatchNet and, and that idea, I was like, you know what? screw it. <laughs> like it might, here's the thing that I want to do. It might be true that if I put a video out onto the world and talk about, you know, matching blessing and, and all that, it might be true that people say, oh, he's just some kid that he's young or he, you know, he doesn't know what he's talking about. But the thing is, it doesn't matter. Does that make sense? It doesn't matter whether it's true or not. The fact of the matter is I'm helping people. The fact of the matter is that I'm putting myself forward and I'm not letting my, the hindrance of my beliefs about myself hold me back. So yeah, I, yeah. I think it's really the whole age thing is such an important topic in the matching. And, you know, there's the people who feel they're too young and there's the people who feel they're too old because they've hit 30 and they aren't matched yet. Mm -hmm. And honestly, it's like you said, it's, it's so irrelevant. It's really down to just the individual person, pretty much all our concepts. You know, we have the power to change our beliefs and like you said to just be unconditional and get to know a person um and it's also so cultural you, you know spending the time i did in in russia and former soviet union most people get married when they're 18 or 19 it's completely normal and it's really fun to go to university together 
And my husband and I did that too. We had our kids when we were in university. It was great being young. We didn't see it as a hindrance. Oh, yeah. You know, at the same time, I have friends who only got married when they were 40, you know, and instead they didn't have the financial struggles we had. They, everything was very secure. I think that's something positive, whatever the age is where you're going into a matching and blessing. Mm. I, I think you can always see something really good in the situation you're in and just be confident. That Interesting. Yeah. Who you are. Yeah. So turning a positive spin on the situation. I want to get into that too. In a second, we're going to give you some examples of common uh, misconception, misbeliefs. Uh, I just want to share one thing because that was the past me, the present me, what I'm facing with and how this has brought me here is that currently my situation is I, you know, I'm a parent, right? I have two kids. Uh, we actually have another one on the way. That's news. So three kids hey. officially mm. announcing I, here. On Jessica, Benji, are you competing with Yana? <laughs> with <Maybe>. Yana? <laughs> of course, you didn't know. <laughs> So we, yeah, so, so anyways, my point is I, I have, I have experience as a parent. My, my son is seven, my daughter's five, and we have a, a zero old. We have been through a lot, you know, of course, can, in relevancy to you guys, we're quite young, right? Our kids are young, but I know for a fact, there are hundreds, maybe thousands of people around the world who have been through experiences that I have been through and I could help. So my heart is like, I want to help people become good parents because parenting is everything to me. Uh, you know, if you follow me on Instagram, I just started an Instagram MatchNet account, by the way. So, so that I can kind of reach people on Instagram as well uh, with MatchNet content. So I share more about my, my family and stuff. And I think it's pretty evident that I, like, I care so much about being a good parent, almost too much. <laughs> like almost, it's almost a fault of mine, actually. That it, so anyways, I, I realized like, I want to help people with parenting at some point, especially with BFM. Like this is this is our bread and butter, like parenting, how to be good parents. But I also at the same time, I believe that I'm too young to do it. Like I don't have enough experience. My kids aren't old enough. Uh, and I realize like that's the current current limiting belief that I have that I can't help people be good parents because I'm not experienced enough. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. But you can be you can be giving advice to people who have young kids because you have that experience. Yeah. You know, like the basic attitude towards parenting and understanding. For sure, you have that experience now. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, you know, look at it this way: everybody has limiting beliefs, and everybody everybody's experience is different. Everybody is at a different level. You know, there are things that you might advise in terms of parenting. Andrea may look and say, ah, been there, done that. But somebody else may look at it and say, wow, that was awesome. That was good. I needed that. You know, so each one of us, um, we reach a certain level. We, we can, how may I say this? Like this podcast will benefit some people more than others. Okay. Why? Because it is based on the experience where people are. Wavelength, that's what I was looking for. You know, where do you vibrate? You know, mm -hmm. and sometimes somebody may listen to this podcast and say, ah, okay. The same person may listen to the same podcast, the same past, you know, uh, podcast the same day and go like, oh, I did not hear that. Oh, how come? You know, so we hit uh, targets at different stages, different speeds, different levels, you know? So what you are doing, God put 
in your heart, you do it for a reason. Because there is an audience there that you're gonna help. You know, so are you young? Yes. Younger than other people? Sure. But that doesn't mean that you cannot help anybody. You know, I am from uh, Democratic Republic of Congo. So in my country, we have a say, in, uh, I'm gonna say it in Lingala. You know, which means that a little kid can play a drum. Just because it is a kid playing a drum doesn't mean that grown-ups will not dance. Grown-ups may dance with a drum too. So it is not about your age. It is about what you are doing. I'm done. Wow. Thank you, Christian. Hakun Matata. Thank you so much. That was awesome. <laughs> I want to rec- I'm going to like segment that piece and like put it on social media. <laughs> that was yeah, awesome. I like that. So, uh, so this, we're talking about age, but this applies to every limiting belief you have. Right. So, oh, yeah. right. Absolutely. I think what the, the important thing we want to give you guys is to identify your limiting beliefs and turn a spin on it. Like how can you see it from a different perspective in a way that you didn't, maybe a positive perspective. So we're gonna give you some ideas of some common limiting beliefs. I made a list of some, but at the top of your heads, what are the common misbeliefs that people have when they're going to matching blessing in your experience? I think for a lot of, um, especially guys, that they're worried that they don't have the financial security yet um that you know they might not be finished university a lot of people want to finish university first um honestly it wasn't a problem for us we, we were both students we didn't have money but we always had enough to get by and i think that even bonded us together a lot more so that's something i see a lot is this fear of not having enough economic security to be able to have a wife that's awesome that's true i mean that's a true belief this thing yeah so the the belief is that i in order to be in a relationship or to be a provider i need to have financial security that's the i need to have this first that is very common yeah so my question for people listening is is that true and is and most importantly is that holding you back the point of everything we're talking about is it doesn't matter if my age or, or my financial status is true or not. The point is, how is it holding you back? And is it holding you back? Is it, is it serving you? Is that belief serving you? And how can I see this maybe belief I have about finances in a positive way? You know, could it be beneficial perhaps to not have everything figured out financially before beginning a relationship? I think for Andrea and, and myself, at least, it was actually kind of nice to kind of figure it out together, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Kind of you know, if you've figured out your whole life before you get matched, then two people come together that have made completely different plans and experience. And then it's all about compromising, giving up something, mm. you know, and trying to blend with the other person. If you start young, you don't have many concepts and plans yet, and you're going to create it together. Great. Any others, beliefs, guys? Christian. Uh, besides age, finance, uh, I would say some people, um, they talk about their looks, you know, am I pretty enough? Am Big I handsome? one. You know, yeah. Have you ever, Christian, have you ever mentored a matching candidate or single person that believed because of my external appearance, I will be rejected? Yeah, that's a lot. And do you feel like that was actually true? Or do you feel like it was kind of more of a self-projection? 
some of them, I know one who has done, who has gotten to that point based on experience. Unfortunately, I'm gonna say this, many African-American second gen, for instance, go through that. Basically because of their race, unfortunately. Yeah. So when somebody goes through that once, probably it's, you know it's okay, twice, then the person starts associating. The third time, then it becomes like, oh yeah, it is what it is, you know, and that hurts. Yeah. So something like that, how can they overcome it? It is who they are. It is not like a character that they can change. You know. So, so what do you what do you recommend that they do? Someone that had experienced that. <clears throat> uh, in a situation like that, we just keep on searching, but we start targeting uh, similar skin color, you know, which limits the pool. You know? Because like in Africa, for instance, most Africans, they really go by what Chufade was promoting about intercultural marriage. And that's what they're looking for, intercultural, interracial. You know, not because they want to get out of Africa, because they want that interracial to, to break that, that color barrier, you know. And when that becomes an obstacle, then uh, the solution that we come up with is just settle within, you know, the intraracial, you know. So something is amiss you know, when that happens like that. Yeah. <clears throat> So what you're sharing right now kind of contradicts what I've been talking about. So I want to get into this a bit. What I'm saying is that if you have a fundamental belief that because of whatever factor, skin color, because I'm black, and your belief is because I'm black, people will reject me. Whether that's true or not, and you're saying that it is true, right? I'm not, I'm not disregarding uh, that. Actually, I'm not disregarding think- that. So no, my no, point I just, is, I think, yeah. Benji, it is not contradicting what you're saying because at some point we agree that it is the individual, really. It is not the age. It is not whatever. It is the individual. It is not the race either, really. It is individual, you know, because this person came to believe because I'm black, because of the experiences, and right. that makes this person start behaving like that, start thinking like that. It is the individual, because if the same individual who start thinking because I'm black and I cannot be matched or blessed, happens to be contacted by another family that is Caucasian, that belief will change. Make sense? It is not the race. It is not the skin color. It is not the age or whatever. Like we said earlier, it is individual. How how has the individual embraced Mm -hmm. uh, this reality, you know? Because some people may look at it and say, I'm going to keep pushing. Same situation. Somebody will say, I'm going to keep pushing. I will not give up. I'm going to keep pushing. Another person will say, okay, let's just focus on this area here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. This is a big one. I think, um, yeah, it's hard. So if you have questions about beliefs or misbeliefs, you can contact us or contact Christian. I think we're really happy to work with people individually. And overall, it seems that experiences do shape beliefs. That's, that's the fact of the matter. Experiences shape beliefs. It's up to us to decide if those beliefs will hold us back. Because I have, I have talking, spoken with people who, based on experience, maybe one or t- once or twice, you know, they're in a process and it didn't work out. 
And maybe it was because of one aspect of their physical appearance. And then other, other, other relationships or conversations they went into that didn't work out, they attributed immediately to that. And I asked them like, okay, did they say that? Right. And I'm like, no, it was because, you know, a different reason. Mm -hmm. So whether what my point is like, whether it's true or not, is it healthy and is it serving you? And at the same time, if like I was talking to this guy who was talking with about, you know, being afraid of uh, talking with someone who's older and kind of looks down at them because they're young. I said to him, if you find someone that disrespects you and, and does not see you as a child of God because of your age, you should run in the opposite direction away from that person. You should sprint for your life and never consider getting blessed with them. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. So I don't know. Uh, anyways, we want to give you give some other misbeliefs here. Any other ones that you guys have? You cover a lot of the ones that I wanted to talk about. Here's another one. There's no one out there. Oh, yeah. We hear that a lot. Is that true? Is that true, guys? Absolutely not. There's maybe no one out there in what you think you're looking for. You know, if, mm-hmm. if you're only looking on blessing for you, I mean, how many candidates do we have who do not use blessing for you? Or if you're only looking in your country, you know, you are putting limitations. And, um, you know, that, that us, first of all, there's so many candidates. The second thing is maybe you're not finding them. That's why you need a matching team. You know, we don't expect that you can find hundreds of people, but you can find matching supporters. You can ask your friends. You can ask your parents and the friends of your parents. You can, if you want, you can have so many people looking for you. We have a very good international network. That shouldn't be a limitation for anybody. There is somebody there for every person. I firmly believe that if you open your heart, so whatever God's prepared for you, you're going to find it. Mm, thank you, Andrew. Also, if there was no one out there, then no one would get blessed. Right. Which is not <laughs> happening. So no one would get married. There are no guys out there. That's another one. There are no men. There are no marriageable men. Well, they're, they're maybe hiding. But sometimes the guys, they, they go undercover for a few years. I won't deny that, but... There's an age when they, when they <laughs> come back and suddenly they're present. So I, I do know that that can be tough for the girls. Um, you know, I, I think you have to have patience. It's, you know, honestly, it's not easy to, to find somebody. And sometimes people think it's only in our movement that it's not easy to find someone. But honestly, out there in the world, you know, it's also very difficult to find somebody who really fits to you that you want to marry. It's easy to date. Nobody's denying that. You can find somebody to have a fun time with, but to really find somebody who's truly connected to you, who you really have the same values and beliefs with, it's difficult wherever you are. It's going to take effort and, and work. Great. Thank you. Here's another one right here. International marriage is hard. It's hard. We touched on this a bit too. Is that true? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. International marriage is hard, but so is natural marriage. Any marriage is hard. You know? So is international marriage harder than any other marriage? No. You know? No, it's not. Actually, it, 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 it has more benefits yeah. than the, the national marriage. Well, here, here's, the, here's the misbelief. I can't do an international marriage because it's too hard for me. That's the belief. 
that's a belief like we have been saying that is a limiting belief you know mm -hmm. because they just limit themselves from experiencing uh, something that is broader bigger deeper more exciting yeah you know uh yeah so personally i would say if you have a chance to go for for an international marriage go for it that's what i would say yeah I I mean, truly, honestly, I think for an international marriage, the only thing that is a real challenge is, is the language. You know, so if you don't have that common language, you're going to need time to learn each other's language. But everything else, I, mm. I just see it as the person. It's an individual, you know, and we have these stereotypes and That's they're good. so not. But true. is it always a challenge for everyone to learn another language? It wasn't for me. I know for, for some people it is. All I'm saying is that is yeah. an external factor that's there. But everything else is just, it's a person. It doesn't matter where they're from or which culture they grew up in. We have mm. all these stereotypes that are just so limiting and, and not true. But you know what? Language can be a barrier, yes. But you can also use to advantage. Ah, I don't know <laughs> what you said. You know, hey, yeah. hey, oh, I told you to do this. Oh, but you know, they that. <laughs> no, I do not understand. You know, do not, but you know what? What is Akuna Matata? Yeah. Yeah, Akuna Matata. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we have a we have a positive spin on all these. So we're gonna get through these now. That's the other one is I can't learn another language. That's another thing. Or it's difficult to learn a lender language. That's not true for everyone. That's more about the individual than it is about the act of learning language. Here's another one. I can't do a long distance relationship. It's too difficult. Therefore, I'm not gonna consider it. Also a belief that can be have a positive spin that does limit your opportunities in terms of finding someone, right? Yeah, uh, in, some, in terms of finding someone and also in terms of um, just visiting the world, um, getting to, new, uh, to know a new culture, you know? Um, it, you know, <clears throat> it is beneficial for human beings to explore other cultures, you know? Uh, like for those of us in New York, some people they may they, they may not have to leave New York to experience other culture, uh, but at the same time it is not the same. Going to live in that area is much more uh, educational than being with somebody in your area, somebody who came to visit. So we limit ourselves a lot in many ways you know, that we don't know that we are limiting ourselves hmm. uh, because. The joy that I can experience being in, in one environment, if I can combine with a different environment, the, my joy just expands. The realm of my joy expands. You know, same philosophy with international marriage, intercultural marriage. You know, I add something, I, I add a certain seasoning, a certain sizzle, a certain flavor to my relationship. So, what would I want to do? Just have a blend of food or well-seasoned food? Yeah. The choice is simple. So are you saying that downtown Koreatown Manhattan is different from going to Korea? Definitely, I'm saying <laughs> that, yes. Okay, good. <laughs> Just want to clarify that. Those are two different things. Awesome. Okay, here's another one. Uh, this is one we touched on, but also if you have anything to add, someone will not accept me because of XYZ my age, my ethnicity, my language, my baldness, my past experience, my sexual experience, 
my habits. Yeah, all that is true. I don't want to say it is not true. All that is true because somebody might not accept somebody because of all that. But the point that we trying to make here is that that should not stop you from trying to look for a spouse. You know, let that let, let that person say no. But that is the prerogative to say no or yes. But all that you can do is put yourself out there. So don't let that prevent you from putting yourself out there. You know, whether it is that or age, whatever, everything that we have been talking about, you know, those can be obstacles, yes, from other people's view. But me as an individual, I should not be thinking like that anymore. I should put myself out there, keep going, break barriers, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Got it. Here's another one. I'm going to put a spin on this. The belief that no one is good enough for me. Oh, I've never had a candidate no, say that, no, but I I've, have had parents say that. I promise you, parent, right, parents and candidates alike. This yeah, might, sounds, this might be more, Benji we say. okay, this, <laughs> okay, this is where I'm getting, this, <laughs> you're the worst. <laughs> you're the worst. Uh, this actually is something that people that are, are like me will resonate with and understand is that, and not only, you know, men, this is like the, the higher you climb in life or the, the more, the bigger your ego gets, in other words, the bigger your perspective on or your financial situation or your career gets, the less uh, open you are to other possibilities of someone lesser than you, of someone that is not as far along in their journey of X, Y, and Z or financially or career-wise or whatever. Therefore, there's not enough people that meet my standard of life because I'm perfect and therefore my marriage has to be perfect. They're my, for my spouse, my husband, my yeah. wife has to be of a certain level and we have to put photos Thank of Instagram you. and Facebook Thank and all you. that. You know Hold what? on, Christian. Hold on. This is what I'm getting to. I think, you know, I think back to when I was uh, 18 years old, getting mashed and blessed and thinking like, oh, I, I'm, I'm the bee's knees. I'm the cat's whiskers. I'm the, or cat's pajamas, whatever <laughs> the term is, <laughs> is that, is that I, you know, I'm, I'm the best out there and I need what's best, right? The problem is if I were to get to know myself like now, and I look back to myself, if I was a woman getting to know me, I would not think of myself as marriageable, honestly, like honest to God, mm -hmm. honest to God, I would run away from someone like me. Definitely. And if I was a parent and I was matching my kids, I would not want to match my kids to someone like me. Why? Because even though I'm relatively smart and I'm good with people and all that, I have, I have had an enormous ego where I just thought it was, I, you know, I, everything will come easy to me in life. Mm -hmm. And I would run away from that kind of situation. And God bless my wife because she's the only person. Mm -hmm. She's the only person that would accept me. Like, that's the truth of the matter. Mm -hmm. There are many women in my case that would have not accepted me and would maybe in the beginning, but would have run away. But my wife's the only person that I've found that is willing to accept me and work with me and help me come out of my shell and become the man I'm proud to be today and I'm working on. Yeah. So sure. this is this is to dispel for you folks. You're like, oh Benji, you know, you're 18 years old and you go, but you, you know, I'm 38. No, shut up. <laughs> Christian, be quiet. This is dispel the myth, the myth that it's easy for everyone. And every, you know, everyone has their thing. Everyone has their misconception, their insecurity is ultimately what this is, is an insecurity you're identifying and you're putting a label on that and you're learning, figuring out, okay, 
not everyone is going to accept this. That's for sure. Not everyone is going to accept the fact that you had a sexual relationship in the past. Not everyone's going to fact, accept the fact that you can't speak their language or you're a different skin color or your parents are divorced or your parents aren't alive or whatever, guys, or you don't like dogs. No one's, you know, that's a thing for people. So mm -hmm. my point is we all have it. We just have to be willing to put down the misbelief that I can't, or therefore I'm not going to look out and try. But there is someone out there. I promise you. I've seen, we have, we have seen as a team, we have seen just the most dire of situations, like people who are divorced and have kids and are, you know, 50 plus years old, like what hope do they have? They have all, all the hope in the world because God believes in them. Mm -hmm. They are able to find someone. We, you know, Christian, the most unworthy orphan from Africa <laughs> was able to, to find a beautiful spouse and have beautiful children mm -hmm. and live a happy, happy and successful life. Andrea, the introvert who's too shy to do anything to say yes to anything is the director of the BFM currently and helping hundreds of people get matched and blessed and care deeply about them. Me, nothing, <laughs> you know, nothing about me guys. <clears throat> so my point is that we all have limiting beliefs and if we let them stop us, we will always reach a limit. This is not matching and blessing only. This is not relationship only. This is life. This is everything in your life. This is everything. And it's not a self-help guru web podcast about how to get out of whatever, you know? So we hope this is helpful for you guys. Do you guys want to close this off with any words? Sure. Um, you know, just thinking about all these limiting beliefs that we have about ourselves. I, I think at the end of the day, it, it's mostly about loving yourself and accepting all of who you are and, and just really seeing that you are a child of God, that the way God made you is exactly right. And, you know, if you love yourself, and you are happy and okay with who you are, you're going to be a lot more attractive to other people. Mm. And it's also going to be much easier for you to love and embrace and accept other people with their flaws. So be generous to yourself and be generous to others. That's amazing. So in effect, if you see yourself as God's child, it's easier to see other people as God's child. Yeah, that's, that's what beautiful. I meant. <laughs> So another belief that we're going to get into the next podcast, just as a, as a what is it called? A cliffhanger. Uh, another belief is it's the system's problem. It's the church's problem. Why I can't find someone. So stick around for that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have lots to say. <laughs> That's a, what's that cliffhanger right there? Okay. Thank you, everyone. God bless you all for listening. Be sure to follow this podcast or YouTube channel and share with people that you love. And that's we're just here to help you guys. Check out matchnet.us if you want to join the MatchNet program because that's our step-by-step -step guide about how to actually do this matching, how to do this matching process and not just the why and the what. Okay, God bless you all. We love you. Bye. Bye. Bye.